Hey, welcome to the official podcast of St. Luke Amy Church located in Garland, Texas. I am Pastor Amos St. John. And I am Pastor Jasmine St. John. We are the lead pastors of St. Luke Garland. And we're so excited that you have decided to listen to this podcast. Listen, we pray that the message you are about to hear will bless you right where you are. If you want to know any more information about our church, you can visit us at org. Now, get ready for the word. Hey, y'all, we are back, back in the state of Texas. We have just returned from the 51st quadrennial session of the General Conference of the AME Church, and we thank you for your prayers that kept us while we were in Orlando, Florida, doing the work of the Connectional Church. We are so excited and saying congratulations again to our former presiding prelate and Episcopal supervisor, Bishop Vashti McKenzie and Dr. Stan McKenzie. We pray that you are going to enjoy the next phase of your retirement. And then we welcome our new bishop to the 10th district, none other than Bishop Adam Jefferson Richardson Jr. and his lovely wife, Dr. Connie Spates Richardson. We welcome you to the state of Texas as our new presiding prelate. We're so thankful that God has allowed our paths to cross again together. And so church, we, uh, as we are pressing forward into what we are calling home coming season, we are excited to see what God is going to say to us today. Well, you know, homecoming season is that we are preparing to go back in person worship. How many of you are ready for in person worship? And so we have some things that we need to unpack and prepare our hearts for, as well as some tangible items that we need to check off the list. And so today our word is going to kick that off again this Sunday as we are back. I want you to join me um, in reading this letter to the Church of Ephesus that is recorded in the book of Ephesians. And I want you to underline with me as I read. And we're going to start in chapter 2. And I'll be reading to you verses 11 through 22. The NLT says this. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews. You were proud of their circumcision, who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now, somebody say, but now. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now, come on, say, but now, you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Verse 14 says, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together, as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross 
and our hostility toward each other was put to death. Mm -hmm. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Verse 19 says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house, built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. The title of my message this morning is The House That God Built. The House That God Built. Let us pray. God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this moment of preach word in this place. God, we thank you for our St. Luke Amy Church family. We thank you for those who may be watching and have stumbled across by. But God, you have a word for us this morning. You have marching orders for us this morning, and we want to hear from you. So God, we ask that you open up our hearts right now. We ask that you open up our ears to hear what it is that you are saying to us. By the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you allow me to preach the word with impact and that it blesses somebody's heart today. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. The house that God built. During the last few months of quarantine, we have seen a surge in the housing market like one we have never seen in recent years. Uh, people are purchasing homes at a greater rate than they have ever done before. They've been in the house longer than they've ever been before. Used to be that we were in our homes uh, just to go to bed at night or just to eat dinner, then wake up and go out of the home for work, for school, for church, for any other reason, and then return back at night. And the more time that people spent in their homes, they realized that they wanted a house that is more functional, functional and suitable for their now present needs. Because of that, the housing market surged in such a way that people have had to purchase homes above the asking price so high that it has created what we call this housing surge. The, the overturn in my neighborhood alone is like none other. But it reminded me of when we were purchasing our home and watching people as they go in and out of the open houses and seeing what they thought about the homes that are now for sale. Reminded me back to when Pastor and I were also looking for a home. And if you have also purchased a home or even looked for an apartment, you are, if you're anything like me, then you know that the place is your home by a feeling. That's why you, you walk through the home and you can feel that this is home. It's not anything tangible, it's not any decorations are on the wall, it's not necessarily the location, but there's a feeling that dwells 
within the house that you cannot describe. And it calls out to you when you step through the threshold and you can say to yourself, this is home. I suspect that you got the same feeling when you walked through the doors of St. Luke AME Church. You walked through uh, the corridor and you felt like this was home. Ah. For the last few months, we've been engaged in rebuilding and renovating that church space where uh, while we have been out of the church building for the COVID-19 pandemic it has afforded us ample time and extra time to be able to not only renovate the exterior, but portions of the interior. And if there is anything that this pandemic has taught us, it is to be thankful for the little things to be thankful for every step of the process, to be thankful for the things that we used to take for granted, uh, the gifts and the opportunities to be able to gather together in corporate worship. How many of you miss gathering together in corporate worship? No, when we get back together again, uh, we'll no longer complain about how long the service is. We'll no longer complain about what songs are going forth. We'll no longer complain about who prayed too long or who got to do what but we will be thankful for the little things. The fact that the Lord has allowed us to gather again together. And over the last 16 months, we have preached only before a camera, just like we're doing this morning. The praise team has only been able to sing to empty pews. Uh, the outward engagement in our worship service has only been done through texts and emojis and no verbal interaction has been able to go forth during worship. Worship has changed in ways that perhaps we did not see coming and we did not expect it to stay that way that long. There has been no warning sign that the pandemic was coming and that it was gonna prohibit us for gathering together and being able to shout amen together corporately in the walls of our church. We, we had no warning from when it would be the last time that we would be able to lay at the altar and get what we needed to get at the feet of Jesus and then go back out into the world to deal what we had left outside. We have main, maintained our connection as best as we could, but we survived the pandemic. Come on, you can uh, shout amen right there. We have survived the pandemic and we have survived St. Luke in a time where businesses have shut their doors never to return. We have survived as a body of believers through your faithfulness and giving. We, we have survived through your commitment to tithe to your church. We have survived because you have shared this worship experience on your timeline or with someone that may have needed a word in a moment and they happen to stumble across this church. We have survived because you have gone above and beyond to ensure that St. Luke made it through, that our members were loved on and prayed for, that our elders were cared for, that those who were sick heard a familiar voice. We have survived because you have showed up and tried some new things and some new platforms and were willing to listen to some new songs and engage in a new style of worship. We have survived and not only that, we have thrived. We did not sit idly by 
and wait for time to pass. We we rolled up our sleeves and got the work done. We came to church and packaged care boxes. You came and you helped and you maintained the property when no one saw the issue but you. You you took care of it. And because of your faithfulness, we were able to repair the foundation and repair the plumbing in the building, which prevented further water damage during the coldest winter ever that we never saw coming. We were able to install a third year roof and we've had woodwork on the exterior and trim repaired on the windows and paint going up on the exterior of the building and then some we have thrived St. Luke and now we're entering into a season of preparation to return there's more work that needs to be done and in order to continue thriving we are going to need to renew our covenant commitment to our local church. And we're going to have to reach out beyond the four walls of our building and begin to see persons that we have never encountered before. Homecoming season, as we have dubbed it here, is where we'll begin to articulate the plan to return back to in-person worship where we will plan and prepare for the relaunch and activation of our ministries. Come on, somebody. The activation of our uh, Women's Missionary Society and the YPD and the men's ministry and the women's ministry and all other ministries that play a part in making St. Luke what it is. And as we begin to prepare for what is next and we bask in what God has already done over the last 16 months, We asked the Lord where to begin next. And do you know what he said? I'm glad that you asked. God said, St. Luke, prepare to be my dwelling place. Well, church, what, what does it mean to be the dwelling place of God? It means that when we come to worship together in person, however we come to worship, maybe online and in person, we don't have to invite him in. He is already here. And where is he? Here is wherever you are. It means that when people walk through the doors for the very first time, that they may not be able to know what is so different, but they can feel it. Just like when you're walking through houses for the first time, they'll be able to feel that God is here. We as a community of faith, the body of believers, St. Luke AME is the place where the Lord dwells. Be clear, everybody that claims to be the house of the Lord isn't. And we saw that too often, sadly, through false prophets and preachers and pastors through the last election cycle. But God is calling us to be his dwelling place. And dare I say that we have truly gotten a wake up call over the last year that what we thought was worship was tradition, that what we thought was discipleship was affiliation. And now God has broken the mold. He took the paper bulletins away and upset the order of worship. He destroyed our habits and ways of doing things how we are used to doing them. And this time God is saying, as you are preparing to go back, you only have one mission and that is to be my dwelling place. God has moved some things out of the way 
in order that we can truly have room to for him to take up residence among us. And if we are not careful, as doors begin to open, you see the space that we have created in our lives is beginning to dwindle back again. We had already adjusted to parameters because of the pandemic, but now we are filling our space immediately back and feeling overworked and underpaid and overextended and exhausted on every side, leaving no room for him to take up residence. So church, what does it mean to be God's dwelling place? The second chapter of Ephesians tells us this through the letter to Ephesus, that to be the dwelling place of God means that peace dwells there. Ah, the letter is written in a time where cultures collided. Not only is it the clash of cultures because of where people were from, though race and their ethnicity, but there was also a collision of religious beliefs. To be the dwelling place of God means then that the walls that divide us, race and culture and language, religious background, how we were raised, the unchurched, the unsaved and the saved are all in one place. And all the things in which we are different are the things that Christ tore down for us. However, in our efforts as the church globally and locally, we have forgotten to pray for the eyes of Jesus. We have made so many areas to be to our liking, to our desire, to our tradition, that we have found ourselves stressing inclusion and focusing on hospitality, defining worship in order to show our willingness to include all persons, invite new persons and make welcome those who society has no room for and still inadvertently built those walls back up that he tore down. When we return, we will see people that we have never seen before. We will be evangelizing to a demographic that may not look like us. We may be given to those. We may be giving to those who have fallen on hard times. And how then do we make room for those who in some ways are not like us? and yet very much like us in other ways that matter. Glad you asked. In, in Ephesians 2 verses 13 and 14, it says this, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, uh-huh, that's the unchurched, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. That, that is the church and saved. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. How did he bring peace? It says he united Jews and Gentiles. It's the same as he has united those that are saved and unsaved. He has united those that are white and black. He has united those that are Hispanic and not into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. In other words, as believers in Christ, we cannot forget that we were once an outsider as well. We were once looking for a church home. We were once in a place that even though we had accepted Christ, we have had moments where it felt like this saved life is not working. We have had moments of setbacks. We have had moments where it felt like God was not near. 
that he is not listening to our prayers. We have had moments where we have felt like we were forgotten and that the efforts to repair our lives felt like band-aids when we needed major surgery. We have felt the sting of injustice and racism. We have felt the brunt of prejudice and hate. We have felt like a fish out of water. We have felt like the generation where no one listens to us. We have felt like well, we have been in a place where we have taken two steps forward just to be dragged two steps back. And this morning, God is saying, I have not left you, St. Luke. I, I dwell among you. I have taken residence within each of you. And when you gather again, I will be there also. <laughs> Isn't that good news for verses 20 through 21 says that together we are his house. We're built on the foundation of apostles and prophets and the cornerstone. That's the stone that holds us all together is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. He is our peace, bringing us together, tearing down walls that makes us different, different ages, different perspectives, different expectations, and uniting us in ways that we are more the same than we are different. He is our peace tearing down the walls. We have to be vigilant to not build them back up for he is preparing us to be peacemakers and to bring about transformation, transforming not only our own lives, but the lives of those who are seeking Christ in new ways through new mediums. What walls are you going to take down? Uh, what divisions are you seeking to pray against in our communities, in our homes? Uh, what are you seeking to pray against in your job or in your church, at your kids' school or your grandchildren's school, in our city? What are we seeking to tear down? We have to call upon the power of the indwelling of God to strengthen us for the task of dismantling failing systems and processes to eradicate the use of structures that are no longer beneficial for use, to, to not be barriers and oppress God's people and to continue to be a beacon of hope. We have accepted the call from God to seek God's guidance in how the church shall return and move out into the world and our community as disciples of Jesus Christ, ready to bring about this new transformation. Why transformation? Because as you can see, nothing remains the same even in the midst of the pandemic. Shifts have happened and changes have been made and new pastors have come and a new bishop has been assigned and new people have come and some old have gone. And you may want to believe it or not, but collectively and connectionally, our mindset about what the church is in this season has changed. It has changed. We've seen it for ourselves. This general conference was like none other. And it changed because the needs of our people have changed, which means then our ministry 
has to change. Just as uh, after the 9-11 crisis, we saw a resurgence of persons coming back to church. We will see another revival in the church in this post-pandemic world. It would be great if the pandemic was the only thing that we have had to deal with over the last 16 months. But there are moments where you have had to deal with things that have made the pandemic seem insignificant. This season has shown us and reinforced what the word of the Lord says, that we are the church, you and I, the body of believers that dwell within a space for corporate worship. We are the church. And together, the Bible says we are his house. Pastor, what are you what are you trying to say? I'm saying that it doesn't matter. The paint on the steeple doesn't matter the new color on the wall. It doesn't matter how much work we do to renovate and revive the building. The building is only the place in which we gather. But we are his church. And it means nothing if we, too, don't revive and renovate ourselves. It means that when you encounter people, wherever you may go, seek to be the peace in someone's lives. You, you feel like you, don't may, you may not know who that person may be. Then your prayers every day should include that God will give you the eyes to see what Jesus sees. And if he dwells within us, that means when we gather, we emit the aroma of peace that permeates the entire West Avenue E corridor that draws persons to St. Luke because they know that peace abides there. That when they're experiencing turmoil, they can come to our church and realize and come running down the altar saying, what must I do to be saved? Because peace dwells there and it doesn't matter what they look like and it doesn't matter what they may be going through. They can find Jesus there because he can they can see it in the examples of how we live our lives. They can find hospitality there. They can find inclusion there. The church, we were forced to go beyond the four walls these last 16 months. We are now church in our homes with our neighbors literally loving in a loving community. We have helped each other out as we get through the pandemic. We have been the hands and feet of Jesus, giving to outreach efforts and helping those who may not know him. And though we may not physically be gathering on West Avenue, our ministry expand beyond the globe into living rooms of persons we may never see through digital worship. Ah, but we have brought Christ to them and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding has been made available to them through our loving community. It's pushed us out of our comfort zone. And yes, we have used additional technology, but it wasn't just for a season. And it may be pushing us even further as we prepare to go back in person. It's not just in our church, 
It's been in our job. We, we've had to engage even with our families through technology. More and more of us have experienced telework or telehealth appointments. We have celebrated milestones and holidays through a Zoom experience, right? Now you can span Facebook and see live streams of funerals. We have embedded technology in every facet in our lives in ways in which we have never seen before. And yes, even in the AME church, a church that has existed over 200 years, we have just concluded our first ever hybrid general conference where over 250 delegates in over 10 countries got to participate in a convention um, from South Africa into a convention that took place in Orlando, Florida. Yes, as a church, we are embracing technology in ways in which we have never before. So now St. Luke, we are in the middle of reviving and renewing and renovating, and we are doing it in ways that we didn't expect God to do. And even if the physical building is getting a refresh, we now are preparing for us to be refreshed. There are elements and things that will be the same. Uh, but I believe God that I believe that God is calling us not to go back to church the way that we were before, though we have missed it. So he is calling us to be a church that we have never seen before, just like the church in Ephesus through the blood of Jesus Christ, they were able to unite in ways in which they thought were never possible. And by remaining open to the Holy Spirit, they were able to transform united as Jews and Gentiles as one body through Christ Jesus, tearing down the walls of hostility. And as a believer, I don't believe that it's coincidence that we find ourselves as a church now not only going through a renovation in the physical, but we are gearing up for a ministry renovation as well. When we gather together again for worship, we will uh, be lingering on the prayers of our forefathers and mothers, just like they were built upon the apostles and prophets. We will continue to walk in the favor of God and see the supernatural provision over our house. We will see what it means uh, when we don't know what God is going to do, but we are going to be used by him. We will see what it means to be the dwelling place of God. Aren't you glad? that even over 93 years later, we are still on his mind. St. Luke, we are the house that God built over 93 years ago, forged out of the hearts of those who gathered, gathered in the name of Lucy Hughes. We are still standing today. We are the house that God built. Uh, there has, we have been here through social injustice in a civil rights era through Jim Crow and Jim Crow 2.0 on the horizon. We are the house that God has built. We took on the name of St. Luke African Methodist Episcopal Church. We have seen some good days and we have weathered the bad. We have have impacted lives and was filled with leaders from all walks of life. We have been pastored and nurtured and prayed over by all kinds of persons with knowledge and skill sets like none other. We are the house that God has built and we are the place of peace and we welcome you back with that spirit of peace and love and tearing down walls to transform new lives.
dreams? Are you ready to go to work? Are you ready to prepare for this new season? Yes, it is coming. Yes, we have been given a date. And yes, as a church family, we together will prepare. And I uh, hope that you re- I hope that you are ready for what God is going to do for we are the house that God has built. I want to invite those now who may have never given their life to Christ. You have strayed away. You have maybe never acknowledged him as your Lord and Savior, but you feel in this moment that God is calling you to be a part of a body of believers. And you feel in your heart that tug, that pull from the Holy Spirit saying that I am a sinner and I I can't do it all by myself. It's time for me to acknowledge Christ today. And so if that is you, I'm inviting you now to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And after you pray this prayer, it's the prayer of salvation. You'll be able to say that you are saved and that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Come on and pray the prayer of salvation with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I am sorry. Clean me up, oh God. Make me new. I've made some mistakes. I've not done all the right things. But I know that you're calling me in this season. I give you my heart. Clean me up, oh God. I acknowledge that you were born. I acknowledge that you died on the cross for my sins. And I acknowledge that you are coming back again one day soon. And I feel confident now in giving my life to you. That whenever anybody asks, I'll be able to declare without a shadow of a doubt that I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. If you prayed that prayer with us for the very first time, I encourage you now to go ahead and let us know in the comments and then send us an email. Info at stlukegarland.org. And perhaps you have decided that you want this church to be your church home. Whether you want to join us in person or online, I pray that you have decided to accept us as your church home. We would love to have you. And so if that is you right now, I want you to go ahead and let us know in the comments or go ahead and send us an email at info at stlukegarland.org and we will walk this membership walk out with you. We pray and pray that the spirit of the Lord was felt right where you are. And I pray that the message that went forth blessed you this morning. I really and truly do. Hey, family, we pray that this word has encouraged and inspired you. And right where you are, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you can listen to the word of God each and every single week. If you want to know more information about St. Luke Garland or if you want to sew, please visit our website at stlukegarland.org. We'll see you next week.